Sunday, Monday, happy gays. Tuesday, Wednesday, happy gays. Thursday, Friday, happy gays. They're best chums. Let's have some fun. Ready to chat with you. These gays of ours. Happy gays. These gays of ours. Happy gays. Hello, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. My name's Ashley Fair. And I'm Jarrett Hagelin. And we are gay, gay best, best friends. friends. I totally thought I was gonna fuck you up with that one, but you stood strong. I live in a world of Freaky Friday. <laughs> Ashley Morning's very, um, very on the ball. <laughs> we are recording this on Easter Sunday morning, so happy Easter, happy Ashley. Happy Easter. Uh, <laughs> 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 Sorry, I don't know what to say to that lame joke, but I like it. I always say it, and like half the time I get any sort of reaction or smile, and the other half I think it takes them a minute as they're walking out the door, like, oh, wait a second, that and then, was funny. And then it's just too late to acknowledge the... Yeah. Hopefully they pass it on to, like, the next person. Hopefully. I... <laughs> Hopefully. Okay. Um, I love Easter. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to ask. I, <laughs> it's a very weird holiday. It is. Well, you know, if you're not religious, mm-hmm. then I feel like it's kind of the best long weekend because it's definitely three days. Sometimes it's four days, depending on, like, your workplace, or at least Easter Monday can be a shorter day. But it's a very long weekend. Yeah. Uh, and it's sunshiny and beautiful. You got good chocolate. And I was actually thinking this morning that part of Easter is also kind of just like cultural, less than like religious, even though like it's the most like major Christian holiday. Um, The holiest. The holiest Christian holiday. Yeah. But for the rest of us, man, great food. It's like my favorite food holiday. Yeah. So growing up, what was the food in well, your like, family, did you guys like do a brunch or were you like a turkey, oh, dinner. ham? What, ham. What, ham? Always ham. Um, and scalloped potatoes. You get a good dessert. Um, you get the uh, deviled eggs. Oh, love them. You love deviled eggs? I love deviled That's eggs. That's so disgusting. <laughs> Is that like an Easter thing because it's eggs? Yeah, I think we have deviled eggs all the time. I would. Because I've had deviled eggs at Christmas, and like it's not really specific. But... It's just one of your family foods, like a spinach yeah. dip. I think it is, anyway. This could be another situation where I imagine things are a certain way, and it's not. And your family is not on board. Yeah, but I just think it is. It's one of the more fun holidays. Like, I loved egg hunting mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Yeah. That was the most fun. How did your family do it? Because, like, you have a sister, so... Were you, like, you... And then you probably other did things with the cousins and stuff, too, but, like, yeah, were okay. you... Did you get a certain amount of eggs? You just keep finding them until you're like, okay, I found all the eggs. Like, You keep finding them, but then you like split it up. Okay, that's nice. To make sure, yeah. Well, otherwise, my sister just would have stolen all the eggs. And she probably did the math on some of that counting, so I'm not convinced that I didn't get screwed. <laughs> well, she, you know, she was like, well, I'm older and like slightly bigger, so body to chocolate ratio, I need more. That's actually, if she had given me that logic, that was smart. But that's also large kids, so you never know. <laughs> Another reason maybe didn't need the chocolate. Do you prefer Easter candy over Halloween candy? Uh, that's a good question. Um, yes. You know what? I don't get tired of Easter candy as quickly as I get tired of Halloween candy. Yeah, I don't know why, but Easter candy is definitely my favorite. Mm-hmm. Favorite Easter candy. Oh, this has recently changed. Because it used to just be mini eggs, mm-hmm. but specifically the ones with Pop Rocks in them. Oh, yeah. Oh, those are so great. good. Crunch that and get it. Oh, so good. Anyway... 
But in the last two years, I've discovered Aggies, which is the Hershey's the Hershey version. One, yeah. And I like them so much better. The chocolate? Is that yeah. the better? It's better? Oh, we should have brought, we, had, we should have had a taste test today. <laughs> so you think you could, if you had an Aggie and a Cadbury mini egg. Oh, they're totally different. You could you could tell the difference. Yeah, different shell, different chocolate. Oh, I'd be very impressed to see mm-hmm. that. Mini eggs have a really thin shell. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like the fun of getting the eggies too is like, I like to really like crack off the shell and eat the shell sort of separately and then like melt the chocolate in my mouth. Yeah, no, that's yeah. what I do. Too, I yeah, think. so it's, it is noticeable. I think bar none and maybe why I love Easter candy so much, my favorite is Reese's peanut butter eggs. Um, either the full egg shape or the one that are like flat bottoms and then kind of shaped like an egg. There's no other Reese's product on the market that gives you more peanut butter to chocolate ratio. Well, until you try the King Cup. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I've never had it. You mean the like, one yeah. kilogram one? Yeah. Oh, God. I want to get it so bad, but I'm just so <laughs> nervous of what that night will be like. <laughs> You'll be so hyper. Oh, my God. Because you can't just eat half a, a, a peanut butter cup. No. You have to eat the whole thing, no matter how big it is. Even if it's a kilogram. <laughs> Hope you do. So I always loved Easter as a kid, and then I went away to college, and it's I was in college in Toronto, so it's kind of like, it's not like Christmas, where you're going to come back, you have more time off, mm-hmm. come back for two weeks. Right. So Easter's one that I missed with my family for years. Right. So my first Easter back in BC, we went to Kelowna to stay with my grandma and do Easter there, and... I bought Easter candy for everybody. My uncle and aunt were in town. So I slept in the basement. And then that morning, I got all my Easter candy for everybody. And I come bounding up the stairs expecting, like, fucking Easter. And no one else had done anything. What? Why did you all get together? Well, like, we were going to have dinner. But no one else got candy. No one. It was so tragic. No, I want the colorful grass stuff in a basket. (laughs) I want the bunny ears on everything. I want decorated eggs. I want chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. That's... Ever since, my mom has given me something for Easter, even Aww. if it's little. The year after, though, she got me, like, this basket that was, like, a, a chickadee mm-hmm. and then filled the guttles. That's not a word. Um, filled to the guns? Filled fill to the gills? Filled to the gills? Yeah. Gunnels, maybe. Gills. We'll come back to that. Stuff, stuff to the gills. Stuff to the... I, there's a gunnel. Anyways. <laughs> full as all hell. Um... So it took one tragic Easter, but I think it's really paid off in spades. <laughs> you know, this is the first time that I've actually realized that, oh, filled to the gunnels. I was right. Gunnels does exist. Wow. I had no idea. So I must have been saying that wrong. That's one oh, for Oh, filled to the gills also exists. Mm, we're less sure. The restaurant was packed to the gills. Anyway. We're both right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm not saying anyone's wrong. Just saying I'm also you were before, not wrong. I was. But you were, um, but you were saying that. <laughs> oh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know that I was wrong about you being wrong. Oh, I'm going to play that on the loop. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm not someone who's ever imagined owning a house or a yard or anything. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. Where I'm just like, ugh, I don't want to do yard work or whatever. Like, it's nice to live in an apartment where... That stuff is taken care of, and you can plant on your patio if you want to. But I just realized, like, I really want to be the aunt who does make Easter happen like that for all the kids. And time is running out because two of my, like, one niece and one nephew are getting a little bit older now. They're going to be over it pretty soon. Hopefully not, because, like... Who's ever over getting chocolate? True. 
True. So I'll just work on owning a house soon with a yard. Because that's going to happen. Hey, well, or just don't invest with that. Make a side fund and just buy chocolate for them with it. Yes. Well, but so, sorry. My whole thought process was like getting everyone together in one place and like hosting and being able to put it all together. That's what we did. My family last night, uh, we did an Abbotsford and it was really great. There's lots of people. Met a new, my cousin's new baby. It was lovely. Oh, was that the picture I saw? On the fridge? Yeah. Yeah. Aw, nice. Aria. Congratulations, family. She listens, so. Oh, good. Hey, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's funny. My family is also in Abbotsford. We should just like do a combined effort. Oh, yeah. You should come. You should come stop by my aunt's one time in the summer. She has a pool. Oh, okay. She listens too, so consider this an invite. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Aunt. (laughs) Jared's so uh, (laughs) open with the invitations. (laughs) Um, How'd you feel the Easter Bunny? I was just about to ask, like, as a person or an idea? (laughs) I like the Easter Bunny. I like the fun stories that you believe as a kid. I think that's an important part of life. Did it ever scare you? No. That's good. I'm not afraid of bunnies. Not even... Adult-sized bunnies? No. Oh, okay. To be fair, I'm not either. Okay, I I was just trying to dig for it. Um, I remember in preschool, this kid freaking out um, about the bunny. And I already had my picture with the bunny. And I... My friend was crying and would not go near him. And I remember trying to convince her that, like, it's not it's not real. It's okay. He's just, uh, there's a person underneath. And he had to take his head off to, like, show her, which I feel like might be even worse. I think that probably intensified the fear. See, <laughs> I love the idea of the Easter Bunny. I'm happy the Easter Bunny comes to my house. I don't believe the Easter Bunny is, like, Santa and you should go take pictures with it. No? No, I don't see why the Easter Bunny is out and about doing pictures. Like, I <laughs> violently, you never see one that isn't creepy. It's true. It's weird. They're like weird eyes. I'll post a picture. Um, I'll actually post it today to tease the episode, I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'll post a picture of me with our the bunny from preschool because I feel like he looks pretty creepy. I would maybe be okay with it if you went to malls to take a picture with the Easter bunny and it was like just an actual bunny. Oh, I think that'd be cute. That would be super cute. But like so many kids touching an animal, like. It's it's stressful for the animal. That's true. <laughs> then you get one picture where the bunny's eyes shoot out. <laughs> oh my god. I was gonna go with bunny biting a kid, but... Oh no, but their eyes fall out if they're too stressed. Oh my god. That's a real thing. Oh! And bunnies have weird eyes. Maybe that's why the Easter Bunny costumes always have creepy eyes. Okay, so speaking of bunnies and eye, bunny eyes, do you know the candy white rabbits? No. Ugh, there's, it's delicious. You can buy it at T&T. Um, it's the only place I know to get it, but probably other stores too, but that's where I get it from. Um, it's like this creamy, delicious candy. I don't even know what's in it. It's mm-hmm. delicious. That's all I can tell you. It's so good. When I was in high school, my friend asked me if I liked white rabbits. And I, it was on MSN Messenger. So I go on this whole rant about white rabbits. You know, I love rabbits. Rabbits are cute. When I was a kid, we had bunnies, but white rabbits have like pink eyes Mm. and it just like they look kind of murderous to me and she like a couple minutes of like nothing goes by and she's like okay well I meant the candy (laughs) (laughs) and I still think that's a hilarious she should have interjected sooner well to me it's an MSN messenger so I'm writing a paragraph oh okay yeah that's fair 
for anyone who doesn't know what MSN Messenger is. <laughs> I guess it was Facebook Messenger yeah. that everyone went on when they came home from school. Yeah. <laughs> it also, wasn't always accessible. I was kind of thought when she first asked, like, White Rabbit kind of sounds like a cocaine hallucinogen hybrid. You know, probably is. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I don't like that either. <laughs> don't knock it till you try it. Boy, you So, Ashley. Yeah, Jared. What you watching? Slash reading. No, oh, listening okay. to. Okay, let's do another dry run. We're not acknowledging that we fucked up. All right. So, Ashley, what you watching? Slash reading. Slash listening. Slash what you putting in you? There you go. Just a tiny bit of coaching from this side. <laughs> we got there. Um, but yeah, I was surprised to hear that you weren't just fully immersed in Grey's Anatomy reruns this week. So, uh, however, <laughs> no, <laughs> I just want to update any listener who knows that we're like watching from the beginning. Arizona and Callie have just started dating. That's where we're at. It's so exciting. Okay. Um, but this week I have watched a few things. What I'm most excited about having watched is uh someone great it has gina rodriguez who you may know from jane the virgin it has britney snow who you may know from uh pitch perfect and dewanda wise who you may know from spike lee's she's gotta have it the um the new version of it uh and i loved it I've been excited for this movie to come out for so long. I love all three of these actresses. I think they are incredible. They're iconic, especially Gina and Dewanda. Um, I think both of them have been incredibly impactful um, on on television. Like Jane the Virgin has told so many incredible mm-hmm. stories in so many incredible ways, but still been such a funny, beautiful show. Um, and Dewanda Wise consistently plays these, like, badass, um, African-American women who are queer and, um, and just, like, free. Like, they're just so, like, um, just badass. I always said badass. I was trying to look for another word for badass, but it's the only word I can use. Um, and I think she's... Awful butt. (laughs) (laughs) And so he went awful. How awful, but. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, yeah, so the storyline is um, that Gina's character is going through a really intense breakup. um, And so the entire story is about like the importance of female friendship and going through life and growing up because like they're all about to turn 30 and like into really serious parts of their careers and they're all figuring out how to, like, navigate relationships. And Dewanda's character is a lesbian. Um, and she is cagey and not really willing to, like, be, like, locked down. Which later in the movie she talks more about. And I just, when I heard her character talk about her past experiences I was just like oh man like this is something that everyone should watch because I think a lot of queer women will identify with with what she has to say um I don't want to ruin it because I just think you should watch it it's beautiful and it's a beautiful breakup movie um I don't know like breakups can be so heartbreaking well almost always but also like 
sometimes, no matter how heartbreaking it is, it doesn't mean it's a bad breakup. And I just, I love breakups sometimes. <laughs> All I've been thinking in my head since you've been talking <laughs> is, do you know the movie Hotel Rwanda? Mm-hmm. Very good, like, deep, tough movie. Yeah. The closing credits have an insanely upbeat song Oh, that goes like, Rwanda, Rwanda, and all I can do is I'm just singing it with Dewanda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's interesting. I haven't seen Hotel Rwanda, so like, in the end, is it positive? I haven't seen it either. I worked at a movie theater and would clean the theaters, and it would be like, I just that's was shocked so it was wild. a very dancey song, because whenever yeah. you check in the middle of the movie... How's it's going? It's not. So no. I, I'm going to guess it doesn't have a happy ending. I don't see how that could have happened. I guess we'll have to watch it. One day. One day. <laughs> what are you watching? I was, once again, reading this week. Oh, good for you. God, um, you're so well read. Okay, but this You'll one... You'll make my mom proud. <laughs> yes. This one, I don't know, goes in the well-read category. Um, I read Ladies Who Punch, the explosive inside story of The View. Ooh, okay. I love The View. Yeah. It is one of my favorite shows. I try and watch it every day. And I just think it's it's great television. And this book is kind of what is some of the best parts of The View. It's slightly trashy. It's informative. has opposing viewpoints. It's written by an entertainment reporter who interviewed every host of The View. And there's been a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Except for Whoopi and Barbara. Interesting. They didn't do it. Um... And but they're like, the two who take it the most seriously, I feel like, too. Like, they, like, really, whenever I've watched it, they're the ones who try really hard to, like, bring the conversation back or, like, cut off any of the, like... Yeah. Yeah, so it makes sense that they wouldn't... They wanted to stay away. Yeah. Um. But it really, like, especially at the beginning, just highlights to you how much of a groundbreaking show this was. Yeah. Because, A, when the show started, it's like, 22 years ago, there weren't even just people giving their opinion in daytime TV Mm -hmm. about the news going on, let alone women. And I think that female point of view has stayed so strong. And the hosts, as varied as they've been, have as controversial as many of them been, have provided such explosive viewpoints. And I think it's really important and cool. Like, it's got big names. Like, Whoopi fucking Goldberg. Yeah. Who thought Whoopi Goldberg would be doing daytime TV for eight years or however she's been on? Some of the highlights, though, is... The year, there was only a year that Rosie O'Donnell was on. And that's probably The View's most controversial year. Really? And she was just like, demon might be strong, but she just came in and tried to change the show to her liking and her point of view, which she had a hit daytime talk show. She thought she knew what she was doing and clearly did. It's the highest rated season of The View ever. Interesting. And yeah, I can't recommend this book enough for anyone who is interested in The View or entertainment. But I wanted to highlight probably what I found the most interesting and saddest part of the book is Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters is like a revolutionary. She was the first female co-anchor on Nightly News. Mm -hmm. Like she broke boundaries. She's interviewed everybody. And she created The View. It was her project. And the lengths that she goes at times to fight vendettas... And the grudges she holds are so fascinating. And it sadly kind of chronicles her fall into dementia. Because mm. um, now Barbara Walters doesn't do interviews, doesn't do anything. And it's rumored that she's not doing very well. Right. Um, 
and is definitely probably the last periods for life. And to watch or read about this icon from being at the top of her game starting this show to the point where uh, at one point there's a story of Barbara begging Whoopi if she can moderate that day. And it's in Whoopi's contract that she's the sole one and she doesn't let Barbara. And it's sad. And if you are a View fan, you watch on YouTube, you can see the last episodes. Like, Barbara's asking people questions that don't make sense. She's Mm. forgetting things. So it's very sad and tragic, but I ate this book up. I read it in, like, two days. So I highly recommend. And if you don't even want to read it, just start watching The View. It's got a great cast right now with Megan McCain, Whoopi, Joy Behar, Abby Huntsman, and Sonny Hostin. It is, I think it's at one of its best. It's incredible to watch. I, you know, I used to, I don't know, kind of, like, turn my nose up, I guess, at daytime TV. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, whatever. This is for bored people staying at home all day. <laughs> um, but it's informative and, like, you have to get your information somewhere. And it's probably one of the best shows, best, like, entertainment. Um, but I appreciate that they, like, regularly have a political segment and they, um, what do they call it? The... Oh, the political view. <laughs> when they have an episode that's entirely <laughs> politics. Yeah. They call it the political view. But most uh, of them just are now. They've delved so deep into yeah. politics. That, like, you can't, they've leaned in so you hard. You can't not anymore. Exactly. Everything is political. Anyway. So, great show. I also recommend it. I'm just saying as a as a new... Convert? Yes. A new convert. I also recommend watching it. So I was lucky enough this fall to cross something off my bucket list and I got to go watch The View live. Mm -hmm. And the best part of that was during the breaks, A, the hosts didn't really talk to each other except for one time when Megan McCain yelled at Whoopi and it took everything in my bones not to stand up and be like, you do not yell at Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) Um, But also every break, a man would come out with a little carton of milk and a straw and give it to Whoopi. Oh my God. And she drank milk between every break. That's amazing with a straw. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, that is... Okay, so we uh, we also watch um, Jennifer Lopez's competition show, um, World of Dance, and they show um, clips of, like, the what happens during commercial breaks. Oh, really? And it's the same thing. People come... She, she's like, we need a cheese platter here, and they bring it, but, like, if they're fixing her makeup, then, like, someone is feeding her mm-hmm. cheese sometimes, and it's just so funny to see it. And I'm just like, could you imagine... Being at that point in your career. That someone just brings you cheese, feeds you cheese or brings you milk. Love it. Ugh, one day. One day someone will come, we'll just get Zach to come here and feed us cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I hear, Ashley? What? Trend alert. So we're, we're on the cutting edge, Ashley. Oh yeah. I think we are on top of the trends. We are both fashionable, hip people. I think so. And this trend I didn't see coming. Zach alerted it to me, and then I was at the mall yesterday, and I, I saw it in full fucking force. Socks and sandals. Ugh. What people have been complaining that dads have been doing forever is in. Mm-hmm. I can't get over it. I know. I know. I, I, I hate it. I think it's just so gross. Like, the point of sandals is to, like, give your feet some, like, airflow. Yeah. So why put socks Give the on? toes a glow. It's so funny. And like, people put on like really cute socks to show them off. And I get that. Sometimes I wish my socks could be more shown off during the day as well. But no, it's so weird and gross. And I don't understand how it became a trend. It's been, it started happening last summer. Oh, and really? Yeah. But like, it was like 
not quite as common and now it is everywhere. And the ones I saw were a lot of like, very like sports socks. They were mm. like white Nikes or things like that in like the sporty slip-on sandals. Oh yeah. It's just, it's so gross. You know, I I see a lot of inspiration in the world from young people and I'm generally like kind of filled with hope for the future. Mm-hmm. This brought me down a whole lot. Yeah. If this is what young people are coming up with, I don't have a lot of faith for um, for the future. If your feet are cold, just wear closed toe shoes. Yeah. And socks, of course. But I think part of me wonders, like, I know fashion doesn't always mean function, like, almost never means function. But part of me wonders if it's, like, this also a trend of people just finding feet especially gross slash smelly. And, like, you prevent your feet from being smelly by wearing socks because it wicks the moisture and stuff. If we didn't wear, like, socks and shoes, we wouldn't have smelly feet. Feet are not, like, in their own essence smelly. It's, like, the sweat that come from those two things. Well, well, then we should just wear sandals. Yes, To get the airflow. Okay, great. So I don't think the socks are helping their... If they're worried about smelly feet. And if they're worried about feet being ugly, aren't we going, like, forward in body positivity? Are Are we starting to feet shame? Hashtag love your feet. Yeah. Love, uh, <laughs> don't Google that in like areas <laughs> where they have not safe for work content. <laughs> okay. Another thing. This is apparently just Jared's bitching about trends things. Okay. I've been seeing, and maybe this is just some algorithm in my feed, but I've seen seeing so many of those like selfie memes with feeling cute, going to do something funny. Don't, um, I don't know. Right? That's how it goes. Yeah, feeling cute, might delete later. I don't know. And now they're filling in the, like, how is this just happening now? Hasn't been, hasn't that thing been around for, like, years? The feeling cute, might delete? Is this a new trend? It seems to have spiked again. Because I also was surprised to see it coming around lately. Um, And I was like, this is old. What's going on? But I think it's... not new again, but I think it's peaking again. Got a again. resurgence. It's yeah. Um, I love the, the feeling like, cute. Might delete. Well, I or like the jokey the, ones. The, the jokey ones. You, like, you like the format of the joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I hate the might delete later thing. I, that's all I got though. I just really wanted to check in and see if I was oh, if no. I was reading this right. That yeah. it is coming back. It is coming back. All right. Well, feeling cute. Might wear socks and sandals later. I don't know. <laughs> Topics. Can we talk? Yesterday, from recording day, was 420, um, which I guess is like a worldwide oh, yeah. celebration international. slash international celebration slash protest um, in support of pot legalization and use, I guess. Um, and it always just seems like a giant party. But it's funny because like... Well, I don't want to compare it to Pride, because that, that'll piss off people, and I know. <laughs> like, But, like, it's, to the outsider, like, Pride looks like just a party. Yeah, but I it's see what you're getting at. You know? And for the pot stuff, for pot activists, it's more than just a party. Mm-hmm. It's an intentional, because it's a, you get a mass collective of people in one place, and it's like, look, like, this is actually something people care about. Even if it's a bunch of stoners just hanging out, they still all show up on the same day. 
Right? Which is, I think for a group of stoners not to disparage, impressive enough. Yeah. And on time. Yeah. My big question, though, like, so we have legalized cannabis now in Canada. And in Vancouver especially, it's, 420 is a giant event. Like, it's huge. They had to move it from the art gallery, which they used to do it on the grounds there, because it just couldn't fit. People were spilling into the streets. Mm -hmm. And... There seems to be, for the last few years, a real battle of who should pay for the costs of cleanup, policing, all these things that come with a large festival. Mm -hmm. And the argument always before was, it's a protest, so they're not going to pay for it. I think they have paid for some things, out of the goodness. Um, But it's legal now. So it's not a full-on protest. But they still won't get a... The city refuses to give them a permit. Mm Mm-hmm. And then everyone gets mad at them that they're not willing to take on all the responsibility that having a permit would would bind you to. Yeah. And it's this big catch-22 that I find extremely frustrating. But I think the pot community needs to be careful. Because I think this year especially, I don't think they made a lot of friends. Compared to past years, like, I just think this is only the second year it's been at Sunset Beach. So both last year and this year... The same people have had the same complaints and are very vocal about it. I don't know. It's. I think what I want to see is the city to get a little more creative, find a way to give them a permit, and then be able to hold them to account. Like, they do pride. They do all these things. Oh, that's right. This year they were denied a permit because you're not allowed to smoke in parks. Yeah, you're not allowed to drink in parks. You're not allowed to drive a vehicle so slowly down the middle of a road while people are dancing on it either unless you have a fucking permit. (laughs) So because it's against the rules, but it was was their argument, to me is not not a reason. Like, that's what a permit does. I have a uh, asshole question. Okay. But honestly, I don't even know if it's really an asshole situation. It's about weddings. And I'd love to have a conversation about who weddings are for um, or any family celebrations or like life celebrations. Um, so I'll read out the story as it's written here. I already have an opinion on weddings, but still. All right. Would I be the asshole if I said no to my own wedding? Really misleading title, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Long story short, my partner and I decided to have a simple courthouse wedding and just spend a simple day together. Nothing set in stone, but we had general ideas for activities. Everything seemed in order. My mother seemed fine with it at first and kept telling us that we should do what we want and that she didn't care. After some time passed... She told us the wedding officiant wanted to speak with us. Basically, she planned an entire wedding for us and invited both of our close families, about 20 people. She did plan this with me in mind and kept the whole thing small and simple for a wedding, so nothing too outlandish. I get the impression that she did this mostly for her parents slash my grandparents. She's also covering all the costs. Would I be the asshole if I said no, even though she already paid some deposits and invited so many people? I feel like I'm being ungrateful and we should just suck it up and go through the whole thing for family. But at the same time, we wanted this to be a day for us, and we feel like we don't have any control over our own wedding. I also feel that I'm being guilted into this. My partner's being painfully supportive. If they wanted it, I would go through with it, no questions asked, and told them as much. But they're saying it's my decision. Okay, so first off, when I first read this, I skimmed it, and like I saw the part where it says, even though 
she already paid some deposits and invited so many people. And they're like, so many people must be like a big wedding. Mm-hmm, but 20 people in total is a small wedding. It, I, ugh, it doesn't mean, sorry, you go ahead for it. I feel like I no, just no, like, no, I, I'm like, here, let me ask a question. Then I'm going to have an answer. I, I'm just so torn on this one. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they were a little out of line to plan all this. But I wonder how clear they were about this simple day being the only thing they wanted. Yeah. And maybe they gave off some vibes that's just like, well, we don't have the means, so this is what we're going to do instead. And someone stepped in being like, but we can help make this become more. Mm-hmm. If they had made it clear that this is just the day, way they want to spend their day, then the person planning this is an asshole. Because that's a lot of pressure to then, to then do what they've planned and mm-hmm. just kind of change your whole imagination of what your day was going to be. Totally. And like, it, I agree. If what you wanted was just the two of you, then like, that's fine. It does to me sound like there may be some miscommunication there because yeah. the mom is still like being like trying to keep it within what you want. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I feel like somehow there's a miscommunication about the funds or whatever for it. Um, I also, I get that it can be, it still feels like a show if even in front of 20 people. But 20 people means you're doing a ceremony, maybe you'll do a lunch, and then you have the rest of the day free. You're not having a giant party. Yeah, and you're probably, I think, going to have at least a close relationship with those, unless you, you know, unless it's a weird group of 20. It should be, yeah. like, people that you're close with. Yeah, so, I don't know. Then I, take the next day to do your own thing. Right, or even just go elope, right? It sounds like you wanted an elopement, but didn't say that. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Yeah, and... There we go, we solved that problem. <laughs> no one's the asshole, but... um, But, okay, so on the topic of, like, these kind of events. So, there are, like, so many life events you have. You have, depending on your culture, like, you might have a coming-of-age event of some sort. Um... You have, like, your graduation. You have some big birthdays. You have your engagement, your wedding, babies maybe, and eventually death. And all of these things, some way or another, have has, like, some sort of thing with it. Yeah. You know? Um, it's whether it's, like, family pressure or just, like, how you see it for yourself. Um, and the only one that you really have no say over at all is like your funeral i think that's the one that i'm gonna want the most say in and i will (laughs) do everything i can to get that in advance but yeah i guess the question you're asking is or did ask is who's it for yeah i think it's a delicate balance of both like it is for the person being celebrated yeah but if you're doing a celebration that's involving other people it in some way has to be for and about them to a certain degree yeah I think people want to celebrate you and they need some sort of like guide for how to celebrate you. So in this case, like at a wedding or if you're getting married, these people still want to congratulate you or celebrate you. And if there's no wedding for them to attend, they don't really know what to do. Yeah, it's creating an outlet for their their, their yeah. love and want to celebrate. Totally. And that's not to say that you have to have a several hundred person wedding or that you have to do anything with them anyway. 
Um, you can always just do a wedding announcement later. Like, just something to, like, indicate to them, like, this thing happened. It's a big deal, maybe. Yeah. But. But even then, so even if they, like, this example, if they had their day, didn't tell anyone, and spent the day together and did what they wanted, they would, I think, unless they want to be total jackasses, be open for that mom putting on a celebration afterwards. Right? Like, that opening and want to celebrate you is still going to happen. Exactly. So I think you just need to make sure, I think give some ground rules. When it's a celebration for you, like a wedding or a birthday, it has to be about all the other people. But I think you have the right to say, here are a few key points that are going to make it about and for me. Mm-hmm. And then with those in line, the rest can kind of, you know, be more about and helping everyone else have a good time or enjoy. Yes. Yeah. Ground rules. I love Always it. Always important. Nailed life. it. Nailed it. Like all the colors of the rainbow, so are the gays of the week. This week, we're doing gays of the week a bit differently. We have enjoyed looking up and reading about various uh, important queer folks through history. But this week, I discovered an app that gives you information on historical queer events day by day. It's called Quist. Q-U-I-S-T quistapp.com if you want to check the website. Um, It's entirely volunteer run. It was started by a woman named Sarah Prager? Prager? Sorry, Sarah. It's Prager. (laughs) Probably Prager. I have no idea. I don't know. Um, Who was tired of having to scour so hard for queer information on historical events. So she wanted to make it easy and she created this app. You can contribute events, um, historical events, through their website. But also, what I really love about this app is when you download the app, there's also a map function. And it shows you markers for various um, places you can go that are either like queer-focused museums or monuments or just events that have happened in various spots. Um all over the place. It's mostly American focused right now, but again, it's all based on volunteer contributions. So if you know of something that's happened in your city, you can contribute that and it gets put on the map as well. And users, yeah, can grow it and make this bigger. I'm just so impressed when someone's like, I can't find these things. And then it's like, create something to actually find them. Right? I love it. So I've downloaded it. um, And every day now I will know something that has happened. Um, it gives you like a full list of anything that they have had contributed. Um, like I said, it's all volunteer run. So um, if you have any opportunities to uh, any time to contribute, but they do take donations as well to help run the app. It's great. That's I love amazing. It. Let's make sure that we share that, um, spread the word. And yeah, so our careers of the week this week are all our... All of the contributors to Quist app. Yeah, let's all together make sure that our history is recorded, documented, and accessible for years to come. <sighs> Ashley, this is the last time I'm going to see you before I, like, pseudo-move to Victoria and live on both sides of the water. I'm gonna miss you. I'm gonna miss you, but I will be back. I just, listeners, maybe have some patience. Maybe our schedule might be a little thrown off. Um... But yeah, but we're still going to continue and bear with us. Best friends make things work. That's right. Well, I'm excited for you. This new adventure 
is going to be awesome. And like Jarrett said, it doesn't mean that the podcast is over. It's just going to maybe take a little more time. A little more scheduling on our part. Yeah. So much scheduling. Yeah. It'll be a little harder because right now we live two blocks away from each other. (laughs) So it can happen whenever. But we'll make it work. Soon we'll live two cities apart. <laughs> in the meantime though you can follow us on instagram at gay best friends podcast and anytime you want to get in touch email us at gay best friends podcast at gmail.com we uh we're loving reviews coming in we got our first one the yeah, other day on itunes thank you I, I don't know if their name is on their review. i didn't even check i just read it it was nice so thank you, reviewer. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I'm just I'm trying to look it up. Oh, I'm just fast fingers. Bretsky B. Bretsky B. If you want to follow Bretsky B's lead, find us on your listening app, Gave Us Friends Podcast, and uh, leave a review. And until then, bye, bye best, best friends. friends.